This is the Responsible Sports Podcast, presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. In this episode, we welcome Sean Franklin. Responsible Sports is a program dedicated to supporting youth sport coaches and parents who help our children succeed both on and off the field. Each episode, our host Jim Thompson, CEO of Positive Coaching Alliance, will be joined by professional coaches, Olympians, world-class athletes, general managers, and leading youth sports experts who share their insights from their own sports careers. In this podcast, Tina Sire, Chief Impact Officer of Positive Coaching Alliance, steps in for Jim and talks with Los Angeles Galaxy defender and two-time Major League Soccer Cup champion, Sean Franklin. I like the challenge of um, being able to play two different positions, whether it be in the same game or whether one game I'm a right back and the next game I'm a right, I'm a right mid. It's just all about just um, you know having the right mindset as to what position I'm going to be playing that game. Sean discusses the importance of putting in the extra time on the practice field in order to be successful on game day. He also encourages youth athletes to play multiple positions growing up, as it will benefit your overall soccer game. Sean, I want to start off by introducing you to our responsible sports audience. Sean Franklin grew up in Southern California, where he played AYSO soccer and was a three-time letter winner at Highland High School in Palmdale, California. Sean played his college soccer for California State University Northridge, where he made the All-Big West Conference team in both 2005 and 2006. During the 2008 Major League Soccer Super Draft, Sean was selected by the Los Angeles Galaxy with the fourth overall pick. By the end of the 2008 MLS season, he walked away with Rookie of the Year honors and was named the LA Galaxy Defender of the Year. In 2011, he anchored the right side of the defense for the Galaxy, leading them to a 1-0 MLS Cup victory over the Houston Dynamo. After playing on the under-20 men's national team and on the under-23 team, Sean made his debut on the senior men's national team in January 2011 in a friendly against Chile. Sean is now in his sixth MLS season, having won the last two MLS Cup championships with the LA Galaxy. Sean, thanks for joining the Responsible Sports audience and me today. Uh, Thank you for having me. So, um, Sean, you grew up with four siblings, and I'm really curious to find out if there was much competition around sports between you and your brothers and sisters. Well, I, I have four siblings, but I only actually grew up with one. Um, mm. And there wasn't too much competition with her. Um, we, did, we both played AY, so, um, but she also did uh, cheerleading. Um, mm. The only competition we had was maybe which events my mom would go and pick and choose to go see, but um, I think she would choose to, to see more of my soccer games than the cheerleading. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what was your experience like within AYSO, and how would you sort of describe that as a, as a start for kids in youth sports? It was great. Um, you know, I had, I had moved to Palmdale from Ranch Cucamonga in, in 94, and I was, I was into soccer, and, um, you know, my mom put me in AYSO, and I've and from that, I've I've met great friends that I, I still know today that I've known uh, you know longer than longer than half my life. And just starting at AYSO and playing those couple of years and doing the whole tournament team and the All Star team and eventually uh, moving up to club, uh, it was great in my in my development. And um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for the the coaches that I had um, you know growing up. 
That's great. I, I'm curious when you think back on your mom, whether she was interacting maybe with your soccer coaches or, or with your sister's cheerleading coaches, um, what that interaction was usually like. And do you have specific tips for youth sports parents about how they should best interact with youth sports coaches? Yeah, I think, I think younger there's, I mean, when you're younger, I think there's a, there's a gray area. Um, you know, I was always kind of a, a quiet kid and I wouldn't speak up as much. I think that's why kids are younger. I feel parents are more likely to say something to, um, you know, their coach as far as, um, you know, what does my child need to get better or mm-hmm. why is he, um, why isn't he playing? Um, but then again, on the other end, it's also, I feel the coach's job to, you know, reinforce that his team or his players can come to them with any questions. So they feel comfortable asking you know, tough questions like that, like, you know, what can I do to get better or, or why aren't I playing this weekend? You know, I think for the most part, um, I feel it's best that parents, you know, encourage their kids to let them speak on, on their own behalf as far as dealing with the coaches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if, um, you know, if a parent has a son or a daughter come to them and say, you know, he wants to try a new position or he wants to get more playing time, um, you know, if the kid's old enough, you might advocate having the child talk directly to the coach. Exactly. It just kind of just, it's more, I feel like it's, it's more on the kid to, uh, for the kid to have a more personal connection with the coach and, uh, you know, the coach with the parents because the, the child is, a, you know, the person that's going to be, you know, out on the field. And it's not the, you know, the parent out there trying to play. Um, so I, I would encourage parents to talk to the kids and have them, you know, tell them to talk to their coaches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I guess one more sort of question about your mom. When you were playing soccer and for those games where she was on the sideline, what, when you peeked over and, and took a look at her, what did you see on the sideline? Uh, jumping up and down, uh, cheering, you know, very, very supportive. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of great memories of, of scoring goals or, you know, seeing the parents, you know, run around with the, with the change uh, can as you would, I guess you would call you know, when you score a goal, or whatever. But just uh, <laughs> you know, having that support at a young age was uh, was huge for me. That's great. That's great. Um, so, so one of the things that I've read is that over the course of your career, um, you've had to come back again and again from various injuries. And you know, talking to a lot of youth athletes and high school athletes, overcoming injury is one of the biggest challenges. And I'm curious if you could just tell us a little bit about this journey and how you've been able to come back successfully so many times. Yeah, that's probably the toughest uh, part about sports is, is injuries, um, not only physically, but, but mentally. You know, in, in 2008, I had a, I had a great year uh, personally, just, you know, playing a lot of games and, um, you know, being healthy. And then all of a sudden, you know, the start of 2009, I, I had a sports hernia surgery in January, and then three months later, I had torn, you know, my uh, my right hamstring and being out for four and a half months. And you know, it's all about just, you know, doing the right things to to get healthy and to get back, you know, as quick as you can on the field. And um, it does take a toll on you mentally because obviously you want to be out there, you want to, you know, be helping your team. But um, seeing the success um, that our team had, um, you know, while I was out and knowing that we were going to have a chance to, you know, to be in playoffs in, in 2009, I was like, you know, I want to work hard to get back to be able to play at the end of the year. And, um, you know, I was able to, to join the team late in the season and uh, play in all the 
playoff games and eventually uh, playing my first MLS Cup um, that we lost, but I was still able to get back and, and be able to play. And it's just all about just, you know, just not letting your, your mind go crazy and knowing that, you know, once you get healthy, um, just being ready to get back out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are there specific areas of your game that you feel like you're working on right now to improve? And part of the reason I'm asking you this is, you know, some youth athletes will look at you and say, wow, this guy's a professional. He's a two-time MLS champion. Um, you know, I'm sure he's just, he's there. He's done it. And there aren't things he's still working on. He's, a, you know, he's at the top of his game. And I'm just curious what message you'd tell them about what areas of your game you may still be working on. Yeah, um, you know, every day I, I, I try to get better. I, I work on, um, you know, things that are going to, uh, you know, help me in games. And now that I'm kind of in a different role, um, you know, I'm going back and forth from, you know, defender to midfielder. Um, mm-hmm. I've got to work more on crossing, uh, more on shooting, just so when I get into those situations, uh, you know, I kind of know what to do with the ball, maybe, you know, make the right cross or make the right pass and, it's all about getting better, uh, you know, at, at this level. And even though, um, you know, I am a professional player, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, that I could, I could work on to get better. Mm-hmm. And I feel like most kids should, should want to be the best that, you know, they can be. I wanted to ask you, you know, now that you have the, plan, the chance to play both as a back and in the midfield, um, if you like that opportunity and that challenge, or if you'd rather really have the opportunity just to specialize in, in one position. I I like playing both positions. I think um, being able to play uh, more than one position um, is an advantage for you. You know, although the the right midfield is is still fairly new to me, I'm still trying to uh, you know get better at that. And I love playing right right back because I'm most comfortable there. But I like the challenge of um, being able to play two different positions, whether it be in the same game or whether one game I'm a right back and the next game I'm a right, I'm a right mid. It's just all about just um, you know, having the right mindset as to what position I'm going to be playing that game. Mm-hmm. What's the different mindset that you take in when you're at right back versus right mid? Uh, just seeing the game, um, just seeing the game a little bit differently. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at at right back, I'm able to um, you know see more of the field. I, I have I have more time on the ball to pick up the right pass. As opposed to the midfield, um, it's it's crowded, it's tight, it's quick. Um, you got to be quick with your decision making as far as your runs, um, passing the ball, um, the game comes a little bit quicker yeah. um, and they're right midfield. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, I'm curious if sort of through the course of your career, you've, it sounds like you've primarily been a defender, but was there a time when you were younger where you actually played in the attack? And, you know, again, like what message would you send to young players about not getting too specialized in one particular position at too early an age? Yeah, it's funny you uh, you mentioned that. I remember my first year in club, uh, me and a buddy of mine, Kyle McClung, we actually played. Uh, we were center forwards on our on our club team, and mm-hmm. uh, he would have all the goals, and I would have all the assists. And <laughs> over the years, they kept you know pushing me back down the line. We started at you know forward, and then midfield, and then I was the outside back, and then even club, I was playing center back. So um, you know, you never know what. Um, position that you know you're you're going to be playing um, when you're younger, and I think it's good that the coach put me in different positions, um, you know, which kind of helped me on my overall game. 
Um, so, so I'm curious. I mean, one of the things I, I come more from like a field hockey coaching background, but I find that at the younger ages, it just seems like a lot of the most talented players play forward. And by the time you get to the national team, almost every player on the national team when they were a kid was a forward. Um, and so you have these people who their entire career, they sort of thought of themselves through college as a, as an attacker. And now they're playing in the defense. And um, I just, I really like your message. If, if people are going to grow and develop, they can't get too anchored to just one position. Yeah, you, you, you really can. And I, and I think that, you know, like I said, the coach is putting me at different positions, uh, you know, has, has helped my game. And although I feel like I'm, I might be better at one position than the other, at least that if they put me in that situation, um, I could, you know, play the, play the part, you know, to, to some extent, um, pretty well. That's great. Um, so, so I'm curious when, when you think about the very best coaches, um, you know, inside responsible sports, we think the best coaches really prepare their players for success on the field and, and put them in the best position to win. And at, and at the same time, they're also teaching life lessons through the sport. So things are going to help you off the soccer pitch. And I'm curious if there are certain coaches you've had at really at any level that you feel like really stood out both, as we would say, maybe like a double goal coach where they're striving to win and at the same time teaching life lessons. Yeah, um, I remember um, my club coach, Johnny Garza, for, for AV Heat. Um, back then when I was younger, um, I didn't quite understand a lot of his, you know, his motive motivational speeches uh me and mm-hmm. my friends would kind of giggle about it because he was so passionate about it and mm-hmm. back then it was kind of weird to to hear those things but but being older now and we talk about it and just realizing that you know i my friend who coaches he you know has used speeches like that and i think it just shows that uh he had an impact um mm-hmm. you know on us as far as um wanting us to be great and wanting his team to be successful and i've had I mean, my college coaches, they, you know, preached about us, um, you know, being role models in the classroom first because you're a student athlete, not an athlete student. You know, I, f- I feel like all my coaches have, have taught me uh, life lessons, and I think that um, they've made me um, a better person um, off the field. That's great. That's great. I want to focus for a second on your time with the Galaxy Um you know, and your your LA Galaxy general manager and head coach is Bruce Arena, um, whose teams have obviously had a ton of success um, on the field. And I'm curious what um, Bruce does to get such an incredible performance out of his teams and, and his individual players. Yeah, when he, when he came to the team uh, towards the end of 2008 and getting in 2009, um, I was excited. I knew uh, how successful he's been with the MLS and um, also with the, the national team. and. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew right away he was he was coming in to to change things and um, you know turn around this this club and from 2008 to where we are now um, you know I've, I've gone from last place in the league to being involved in three MLS Cups and winning two of them you know just just having him around he's he's great with the guys uh, he's encouraging um, you know he's He's okay with us making mistakes. You know, he he, he wants us to learn. Um, you know, he he tells us not to. You know, don't be afraid. Like, you know, you you, you know how to play. Um, just go out there and do it. You know, having not so much you know pressure. Um, you know, I mean, we have pressure definitely, but um, being able to to go out on the field and knowing that I know if I make a mistake, you know, it's it's okay. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of kind of helps 
kind of helps out. Yeah. Um, just to put a really fine point on that, what's an example of one of those mistakes that you feel like you made on the field where, where Bruce didn't necessarily like come down on you for it, but looked at it maybe as more like a learning opportunity? Um, yeah, just, uh, just the other day we had a game, uh, last night and, um, I had a, I had a chance to, to get a shot. It was, uh, maybe put us up 2-0 and I had hit it over the bar and I came in at halftime and, uh, you know, he could tell I was upset and he was like, look, he's like, it's okay. You're going to have more opportunities. Just, mm-hmm. you know, don't worry about it. You'll have, you'll have more chances. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just knowing that he wanted me to just put that aside and worry about the rest of the game, um, it was it was nice to know that uh, you know although he wanted that goal as much as I did, um, you know he he knew at the end of the day that um, that it was okay and at least I got a chance to at least I was in the right spot at the right time. That's great. That's great. So you've mentioned that the LA Galaxy team is the two-time um, reigning MLS champion, and I'm curious if there are some specific things that you feel like made your team so successful these last two years. Yeah, I think uh, the main thing is is keeping uh, you know the the same the same core group. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've I've played with the same back line now for over four years, and mm-hmm. when you have a team that has played together um, over the years in so many games, you, you just get familiar with each other. You know, Bruce, the coaching staff has done a good job of uh, you know of, of keeping the same guys as well as bringing in you know new players who have fit in well. And um, you know, our our team is a is a great team, and they've built uh, something special here with the Galaxy. Mhm. Mhm. So you know, you've obviously had the chance to play with some of the top players in the world, and I'm curious um, what it's like within your own practices to be, you know, on the pitch competing against, you know, whether it's like Landon Donovan or David Beckham or you know some of these different players that you get to compete against at practice. What your practices are like? Yeah, it's it's funny because everyone's like, man, you get to train with like David and Landon, <laughs> and, you know, Robbie Keane and and all these great players and. You know, it's to me they're, they're to me they're just they're just my teammates. You know, I mean, they're just like you know, you don't really take in that you know these guys have done so many great things when you're on the field, and um, you know it's it's been it's been special playing with these guys. They they've taught me so much about uh, the game, and um, they've helped me to become you know to become a better player, and um, just being able to to see their quality on the field and and be a part of it. Um, you know, it's 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 been fun. That's great. That's great. So, so inside responsible sports, we talk about this concept of honoring the game, and um, you know, where this we, we talk about the acronym of roots, like honoring the rules, the opponents, the officials, your teammates, and yourself. And sometimes when I think about honoring the game and and soccer, I can't help but think back to the two thousand six World Cup, um, where Zinedine Zidane was thrown out of the final, um, you know, for that headbutt against Italy. And I'm curious what you think um, youth players could learn from that incident, because certainly when that happened, you know, now like seven years ago, um, I think there there was really a rare player could have missed that um, the number of times that was replayed on SportsCenter and, you know, it was out there. And what do you think players could learn from that specific incident? Yeah, that was a, that was a crazy incident, you know, the, the kind of player he is and the legend he is and for him to kind of, you know, go out like that was, was kind of rough, but, um, you know, my message, my message would be that, you know, it's, it's a game. Everyone's competing. Um, you know, there's going to be words that are, are going to be said to you. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've played in some of the most, um, you know, hostile places and people are throwing stuff. They're, you know, they're cussing at you. 
Uh, you know, it comes with part of the game. And obviously, you definitely never want to hear those things, but it's kind of one of those things where you just got to deal with it and keep it cool. And you see all the time where, you know, players are in each other's faces and pointing and, you know, throwing punches and pushing. And it's kind of those things you kind of got to step away and say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm bigger than this. Do you have a technique you use, you know, to step away or say you're bigger than this when it's happening that that uh, high school players might be able to use themselves when they find themselves in that situation? Yeah, um, most of the time I'm I'm one of the first guys to try to run over and and um, and break it up. Mostly because I don't want to see you know our our teammates fight and you know ultimately get kicked off the field mm-hmm. and get a red card. Uh, and mm-hmm. also it's just you know. You, you break it up, we can go about business and, and worry about the game and that deal with, you know, little little fighting because someone had said something and, and like those kind of things. And I understand mm-hmm. when there's like a when there's like a bad tackle you want to get up and, and say something and, you mm-hmm. know, protect your teammates which is which is great and well. Um mm-hmm. but it's all about just doing it in the right manner. Mhm. Mhm. So, um when you think about your future goals, you know, in soccer and maybe even beyond, you know, sort of your professional playing career, um, what do you think some of those future goals are? Uh, right now, my, uh, my closest goal would be just to get back uh, into with the national team. I had a great experience, um, you know, playing that playing that one game, and I've, I've been in one or two other camps with them, and that's my ultimate goal is to, just to play well and, and get better to to get back to that level and have a mm-hmm. chance to to play in that game with the full team again. Um, mm-hmm. That's probably my my short term goal mm-hmm. um, as far as playing wise. And afterwards, you know, I've always you know I've always been into to either maybe working with a non private profit organization or or having my own um, some type of sports with like a maybe like a big brother program. That's probably like my my main goal afterwards. Just to do something with with kids where I can, where I can help out and, and do sports. Well, that's fantastic. Um, it's always awesome to see professional athletes who sort of look forward to giving back and giving younger players the sort of experience they benefited from as kids. Sean, I want to thank you so much for the time you took today to share with me and all of our responsible sports listeners. Um, I really think your stories and your insights can help a lot of parents and coaches and student athletes out there listening today. So thank you so much and good luck with the Galaxy. And uh, I look forward to seeing you playing with the national team here down the road. You're very welcome and thank you for having me today. To learn more about Responsible Sports, visit ResponsibleSports.com. You'll find valuable Responsible Sport parenting and Responsible Coaching Guides, downloadable tools and worksheets, and helpful advice from leading youth sports experts. Music for this podcast has been generously provided by APM Music.